you. I am Michelle Gifford. Hey, I'm Sarah Allred. We are the girls behind Women With Fire, and we specialize in building influencers. Welcome to the podcast. Listen as we chat with influential women who feel guided by the divine to build empires of truth at home, in business, and abroad. The goal here is to empower you to grow your influence everywhere. Join the nation of women who get things done at thewomenwithfire.com. Hey, you. Welcome back to the Women With Fire podcast. This is Sarah. I get to be your host today with a hero of mine that I have met a year ago and have literally waited a year to interview. I just had to find the right time and the right space, and she's sitting across from me via Zoom, and I'm super excited about it. And this is a woman who, if you have ever felt like gosh, my quest and my mission seems so far away from being able to connect people to God and to light and to happiness. Oh, it just doesn't connect. This is the interview for you because this girl, girl, this woman has, your girl, (laughs) this woman has mastered it. And that's one of the things that I admire so much about it. And the thing is, when you meet her in real life, she's exactly the same as when you meet her on Instagram and work with her in CDM agent projects that she's done. So let's introduce her. Sitting across from me is Becky. Welcome. Thank you. Gosh, you're, uh, now I'm blushing. That's like (laughs) the biggest compliment that you can say. Honestly, I, to say that I'm the same person that you see online and in person, like I, like that makes me well up a little bit. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Oh, you are the real deal. I'm just so grateful that you're here. And some people may not know you, which would be a huge shocker to me. But if you don't know her, now is your time to know her. So she is Becky Higgins from BeckyHiggins.com. She's on Instagram as Becky Higgins LLC. Tell us what you do, Becky. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and what you don't do. I mean, I, I can't know. do anything um, you don't do. <laughs> um, wow. So... I do a lot of things. I think that anyone who is already familiar with my brand and my product line and my company would probably say, oh, she's that scrapbooking lady. She's that scrapbooking girl. And that is how most people know me. We are, the more time goes by, the more I identify with the fact that we are a lifestyle brand. And what that means is my background is in scrapbooking. My current work in memory keeping and helping people with that, which I'll explain in a moment. Yes, all, all of that, but also, and also, over the years and since way before I even had a company, I consider myself as a brand also. And that brand has included way more than just memory keeping. And it has included all things lifestyle. I also really love organization. I love homemaking. I love wifing and mothering and friending. And I love uh, relationships. I There's so much outside of me, outside sorry, outside of memory keeping that is a part of me. And, and that's why I say that it's also a, life, a lifestyle brand. So the scrapbooking component, though, and, and what that is and what are we even talking about for those who are less familiar, and thank you for asking, is really stems from it's now been 23 years of a career in this. And so my first 12 years in this career was with a magazine called Creating Keepsakes Magazine. And that was like the inaugural publication that was all dedicated to scrapbooking. And I just happened to be in the right place at the right time and got in with the magazine at the very beginning. Not to start the magazine, but I was like the first subscriber, so excited. And then I got in with the magazine really soon after and became their first creative editor. So I was their creative editor for 12 years and through that experience and tons of teaching, I published nine books and I traveled and taught and and taught through articles in every issue of the magazine and kind of did that thing that I never saw coming, by the way, it just sort of happened. Through that experience, I learned that I was, well, I'll put it this way. I think I know that God was equipping me, equipping me, excuse me, equipping me for this and this work 
this was the next thing I was supposed to do. It's not better than what I was doing before. It's just the next thing. And so what this next thing is, is I started Becky Higgins LLC. It's been nine years. I've been doing this. I live and work and raise my family in Arizona. So I, I first did it at home with my husband, who is a full-time anesthesiologist. Um, but he really like sacrificed so much sleep we both did to just get this thing off the ground when we knew we were supposed to do it and then and then it became a thing and then it was and then now it's a full-blown company and so anyway what it is is i developed a system which is called project life and project life is available as a physical system that helps people to scrapbook and do their memory keeping without having to cut and glue and embellish and stress and cry and spend three hours on a page and do all the things that really made it so that people kind of stopped scrapbooking for a long time. You and I both know people that were doing it and then not so much, or people who were like, yeah, that's not for me because they saw many women, especially get consumed with the details and the time consumption. They'd be obsessed with the embellishment and there's, that's fine. Like there's a place for that. I appreciate creative outlets and creativity for sure. But my passion was evolving and it was becoming more about solutions and less about creativity. It was more about connecting with people and going, I know, I get it. It's, I, I love my pictures. So do you, but for the love, do we need to be spending all this time on it? No, <laughs> no, we do not. And so that's why I created project life. So it's a physical system where everything kind of slips into pockets and we give you these pre-designed cards and it just all fits and it works and it's wonderful. And then we have a digital version of it, which is for those who love to do scrapbooking on their computer. And so they sit with our templates and our art, and they drag and drop, and it's just wonderful. And then we have what is the absolute game changer in scrapbooking, which is the Project Life app. So now through the app for the past, I think it's four years old now, we are able to scrapbook in the palm of our hands, tapity tap tap, everything happens right there. You use Siri even to add your journaling or voice to text if you're on Android. Anyway, it's just, the best ever. And then you do all of your scrapbooking there. And then of course, it's not meant for our memories to stay on devices. And so we, we need to print them. So we offer right there through the app that you print your pages, or if you want full photo books that are bound and printed, print your photo books right there through the app. So it's, if you can tell, it is something that I still to this day love so much that we are able to provide solutions for people, not scrapbookers only, but people who don't consider themselves scrapbookers. But it's a solution for anyone who has a, has a desire to memory keep, to keep and preserve those pictures and those memories and, and do it in a way that's meaningful and not just completely automated because there's a place for all of it. Anyway, wow, that is in a nutshell what I do. But then beyond that, we have this home by Becky Higgins brand. You know, we have lifestyle products. We have notebooks and gift wrap and art and, and these really cool magnetic wooden hangers that are oh, just, we have so much stuff that is just fun. It's fun and it's meaningful. And everything that we do ties back to cultivating a good life and recording it. So yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> Listen, like I'm sitting here with my jaw open. I'm like, gal, I've known you and I've followed you for a long time. And I'm still like, oh yeah, she does that too. Oh yeah, that's part of it too. I'm like being reminded of all these ways that you have impacted lives. And kind of from a business sense, one of the things that I love about you and your vision and your desire to make things meaningful is that you have been willing to adapt. Like you said, early on, I mean, we all had trunks full of stickers and fun scissors and glitter and I quit before anything else cool came out. Um, we've all seen that. Many of our listeners have seen that. Yeah. And, and you have just really adapted. You're unafraid of the changes in technology. You're unafraid of building an app. Um, we have a lot of listeners that are at the beginning of their visions. Like maybe they've got that core central feeling like I want to do something meaningful like you do. And they, they do have a vision of maybe it's, you know, creating art prints or creating a product and they, there's like no next step for them. Sure. And you just have been so good to adapt and be unafraid of technology. And I feel like that is what has made you just not stagnant. It's just made your thrive and grow and do all those things. So what has been the driving force behind 
adaptability for you? Like, why did like some people get real stuck on ideas, you know, even though it's past its prime or something like what's been the driving force? Well, I actually, I get that. I get that feeling of being stuck. And even since I've started the business, there have been plenty of times where, and, and I appreciate what you're saying. Thank you so much. But I also want to clarify, there are plenty of times that I feel fear. There are plenty of times that I feel stuck. And I know that I'm not doing this alone. I know that God really wants me to use this business to help others and not for not for any other reason than to, to point people where he would like them to be pointed. And so I feel like that that can happen through something as meaningful as memory keeping, right? Cause that's such a personal hobby. It's so, it's so personal and meaningful, but even things that are less personal, I say that with air quotes. Um, and, and it seems like they're just notebooks or just wrapping paper or just home decor art or whatever. I know better. I know it's not just this or just that. I know that through the products we develop and the services we add and the Instagram stories and the social sharing and the way that we connect with our people, I know, and this is going back to your question, that that is important and it's, it's going to look different for everybody, which we should definitely talk about. But that has resonated with me that I have a place and I can't ignore the feelings that I've had to do what I'm supposed to do and the way I'm supposed to do it. And this is not back at the beginning. Let's talk to, you know, our, our friends here who are listening, who are, who are in those beginning stages. It's not just that epiphany or that prompting or that revelation that you feel that's like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And off I go. Well, no, 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 hold on. You still need the spirit with you the whole time. You've gotten an answer. Let's say you've gotten an answer and, and you've received that feeling and that impression and that prompting that you're supposed to do X, Y, and Z. That's great. But I think that God also wants us to ask him, how? How are we supposed to do X, Y, and Z? Who's supposed to be involved? Is anyone supposed to be involved? How do we approach it? And there are, there's two, I, and I've been through stages where, I mean, I know you and I think everyone listening can probably relate to this, where the natural man kind of steps in and you're like, yeah, I got this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got this. I'm good. Down my groove. I've got my rhythm all as well. And then I somehow find myself praying a little less about the business. Well, that serves no one. And I have learned, I have learned that that is never a good idea. And I, the more I pray about the details of what I'm supposed to do, I already know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I already got that answer but I don't want to stop there. I want to know more. And I believe that when we are obedient to those promptings and we really follow through with them, that he will give us more. And it is line upon line. And sometimes I receive inspiration that I don't totally get. I don't know why I'm supposed to do it that way or do that certain thing or involve that person or whatever that looks like. But my faith going back again to your question, my faith and his plan for me and how the spirit works in my life is such that I can't ignore those promptings. I can't because I know better. I know what happens and you know what happens and everyone listening knows what happens when we ignore and we've learned the hard way. And so that drives me is staying close to him, looking to our savior for that perfect example of how to be as a human being and then everything else, I hope and pray, just emulates through the work that we do. And then I just trust that he's got the wheel. I love that. Oh, and Michelle will love that you just said he's got the wheel because that is her motto. <laughs> that is her motto. That. That's my, there's my little shout out for Michelle. <laughs> she will love that. She will love that. So one of the things that stuck out to me is that you just said, look, I know better. Yeah, I know better than to feel this way. And I have really learned the power just in the past year or two about just vocalizing things like that. Like just saying, being in a tizzy or that frantic energy and just saying, wait a minute, like I know better. Totally. I know better. I know what to do. Mm -hmm. I absolutely know what to do. So that really resonates with me. That's going to be my Becky Higgins sticky note up on my <laughs> desk. Like I know better. 
You do know better. Uh, and there's a great talk. I we if you do show notes, I we should look this up and I'll find I'll find the talk. And I feel like that it's Elder Holland. I gotta find it. I'll send it to you. And the talk is specifically about how oh, it's so good. Like it's still like I feel it even just bringing it up because I'm like, oh my gosh, I needed that so bad. And that is that when we receive those answers and we really feel like we do know what we're doing because he's giving that to us and he's revealing what to do and how to do it or whatever, to be confident in those decisions instead of feeling good about the decision, moving forward with it, and then, wait, 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 I don't know. Was that the spirit? I don't know. Is that, well, no, maybe, maybe that was just a good feeling for just a minute. Maybe that isn't the right thing. And then you start second guessing yourself and then you're really second guessing the spirit. And then you're really second guessing what God wanted you to have. And that, that, that those are not Elder Holland's words. Those, that's just me, my takeaway and my impression from that talk. But it is so worth reading, watching or listening to that talk because it will change your life about second guessing yourself. It is incredible. And ever since then, I feel like I'm even closer to the spirit because I feel like I understand that when it is the spirit, just be cool with that. Like acknowledge, okay, I feel peace and I feel good because that's how the spirit works. When I feel uneasy and I feel unrest and I feel like this is uncomfortable, but not in a good way. Like I don't, I mean, I'm offered uncomfortable, hard things. Like that's a part of life and business. But what I mean is the feeling that we all know, which is like, this just isn't right. Something's not right about this. Um, that's what can get us into trouble. If we have already received the answers and start guessing it. Oh boy. I hope I'm making sense. Oh, you know, it really is. And it just, it speaks to my soul because I feel like we're so good at, at, at choosing the side of like, Oh, that probably wasn't the spirit. That's probably me being selfish. Oh, but we're not very good at being like, well, that was the spirit. Right. I'm going to go after that. Mm -hmm. Like, why do we do that? Why are we so hung up on, I mean, this is, we know that this is a loving heavenly father who is intimately aware of our desires and our needs. And one of the things Michelle and I joke about is the way that we feel the spirit the very mo most is that we're just excited off the walls. Oh my gosh, that's how I feel right now about a big project I'm working on, some other things. And that's what I, that's what I learned to recognize when I feel that this whole like skip in my walk that I've had lately and this pep in my step and that feeling of just joy. Like I am so excited about this. How dare I second guess that? That is from the spirit. And to answer your question, like I feel like we're sitting in a Relief Society lesson now, right? Where we're talking about- Welcome to the podcast. Right? Yeah, exactly. I know that's what I love so much about your podcast because I love Relief Society. Um, but I really, I really feel like acknowledging the spirit for what it is and how it works individually with us. It is not the same for everyone, but let's just talk about what you were just saying. Like that's a commonality that we have. And that is one thing that I've learned, but I'll tell you, Sarah, the reason why I've learned that that is how the spirit works for me is because I've consciously prayed to understand how the spirit works for me. And when it's happened and I think about it and I ponder about it and I recognize it, and then my favorite part is, and then when I articulate it, and when I say articulate it, I mean, whether I'm writing in my personal journal, I'm articulating. If I'm sharing it, pillow talk with my husband, I'm sharing it. If I am sharing it with my family and my kids and we're driving in the car and I just want to say, hey, I had this experience and I just want to let you know, that's acknowledgement or take it to the farthest degree. If I feel impressed to share it on social media because it's not too sacred, then all of these are ways that we are not only acknowledging for ourselves, but it's almost like we're saying, Heavenly Father, I hear, I feel, I listen, I'm trying my best to be obedient. I'd love more. If you have more to give me, I'll take it. I'm dying here because I love the practical advice of how we have ample opportunity to articulate this. We do. Pillow talk with your husband, in the car, prompting when you're cooking dinner, vocalize it, whatever, but just some of those. Even if it's just yourself, if you're yes. writing it down, it's articulating it. This is why your memory keeping is so critical, Becky. Did I just have a light bulb moment? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> 
I've always had a belief in what you're doing and everything, but this is why wrapping paper can bring people to the savior and bring that. That sounds so cheesy. Let's no, not put that I, on Instagram. But like, tell me, yeah. Yeah. No, that's just, that's what it is, is it's because, I mean, you bring up wrapping paper, so I'll just go with that. Wrapping paper, well, what does that have to do with anything that has anything to do with cultivating, cultivating a good life? Maybe it doesn't directly, but the spirit in which we choose the types of products to develop and the spirit in which we choose what kind of services to offer or projects to take on or people to reach out to or partners to involve or collaborations to have happen is all in the spirit of wanting to align my will with God's will for me, for my team, for this company, for my family. That's what it's all about. And that is at the heart of everything that I do. And so for anyone listening, who's in the earliest stages and this really applies to everybody, not just those people, but I will say, I'll target this, what I'm about to say to those who are just really in the earlier stages, don't leave God out. If you've received that answer, keep going back to him, keep be on your knees. And guess what? I'm a, I pray a whole lot more when I'm not on my knees than when I am on my knees, because I pray a lot in the car. I pray when I'm walking, when I'm by myself and I'm hiking, I, I take every opportunity to offer a prayer, a sincere prayer. Even if my eyes are open and I'm obeying the traffic laws, I do keep a prayer in my heart that I'm doing the right thing. And of course we're, we're talking, this is women with fire. We're talking about business and balance and all of that, but this isn't just about business. This is in my life in general. Of course, I have a calling. I have a family. I have relationships. But, but it really applies in business because I do think that too many people separate their spirituality from how they run a business. And I would say, don't. That will be a disservice to you. You will learn the hard way. Save yourself now and just keep him involved the whole time. Wow. And why, why is that so hard for us to combine it to a whole thing because we see the world because we see how the world does it and we see a lot of selfishness and we see a lot of worldly pursuits that aren't in line with god's will think about well we don't want to talk about negative things but there, we see a lot of negative things we, th we see a lot of awful intentions and we know where that comes from and we know that the adversary is really out to not only break up families but to tear us down and to make us feel like well, business is business, right? Like we don't involve, like that's not a spiritual pursuit. Mm, actually it is. That's so fascinating to me because in reality, like we're super grateful. We have um, thousands of loyal listeners every single week to our podcast. And the reality is if they were just here to learn about business, oh. there are hundreds, if not thousands of other podcasts. Thousands. <laughs> thousands that they could be listening to and we'd be happy to share our favorites, whatever. But there really is a unique vibe on being able to combine. I will never forget um, where I was with you and listening to Susan Peterson. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know Susan. Yeah, you know Susan Peterson, but if our listeners don't know her, she knows, she knows who Susan is. Yes, freshly picked. And she shared principles of leadership in business and how they related to Nephi. Mm -hmm. And it was this really small segment, but that changed the whole direction of things for me in many ways that that little teeny story that she shared where I was like, see, it is there. The answer to everything is there through Nephi, through the Book of Mormon, through the things that we know to be true. And I just think that that's it's so, so true. cool. And we need more of it. We need more of how God relates to all this. And now a small break, a word from those who make this podcast possible. This podcast is powered by Entreport. Entreport is our number one business tool. It literally does it all email marketing, sales funnels, automation, and it basically keeps your business running even when you're sleeping. Not only is Entreport the backbone of our businesses, but you can design a full-blown website using their customizable landing pages. It is the one-stop powerhouse shop 
where we keep our email lists, growth, marketing goals, and businesses at their very best. Check out the show notes or jump on thewomenwithfire.com slash entreport to get started. And now back to the Women With Fire podcast. So I'm going to throw this in a new direction for you. Um, Tell us the dynamic of ages of your kids and how you have tried to nurture this desire of personal revelation and the accompaniment of the spirit in their lives. Okay. How do you teach kids? to go there because not because I have it all figured out, but because I've worked so hard to try to figure it out for myself. And because I appreciate that that looks so different for everybody. And I want to hear from other women. I want to know how they do it. So thank you for asking. Well, and I'll interrupt you really quick. I think that this is critical because we just had our prophet of God months ago, stand up and say that this is essential. This ability to gain personal revelation on his level, the same way he does it and the same way he receives it, like that it is possible for us. And all of a sudden there's this urgency from many of our listeners, from me, this energy where I'm like, okay, this is serious business. I have got to raise these kids to figure this out. So what have you learned through your experience? Well, we can't take that lightly, can we? Um, And we already knew that, but I think you're right. When President Nelson stood and explained that, it was hard to not feel the significance of like, this is, this matters. Like we have to individually and as families and as groups and as teams and as, but individually, if we are not able to discern and feel the spirit and understand God's will for us through the spirit, I, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. That we would be left behind. Right. Right. There's so much we wouldn't understand if that was anyway. Okay. So to answer your question with my kids. Um, so our children are 15, almost 16. My oldest son, let's not, I'm not going to cry the tears right now. I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> the fact, this is a big year for my family. We have three children. Our oldest is turning 16, which means dating, driving, like, Oh, I just, I mean, he's going to be like, this is like his transition away from the nest and I can't even, I just can't even. So, so that's our oldest. And then our middle child just became a teenager this week. And so my daughter, Claire is 13. And then our baby is not at all a baby, but I still call my baby and that is crew. And he is barely 10. So that's a big year for us because now we don't have any of those single digits. We have our oldest who's going to be, you know, in that world of being 16 and about, I mean, it's just, anyway, I love my, love my children and love my family. And I desire deeply, just as you and everyone listening, who is a mother, um, desires for them to heed the word of our prophet and to remember how important that closest to the spirit is. And so a couple of things, um, this first thing I'm going to say actually is going to sound like a reiteration, but it is exactly what works for me. And that is articulating it talking about it. And there's two parts to that. This sounds like I pre-planned because I, I, but I didn't, I didn't know you were asking. I had that, no but. plan on this. Katie. There's, <laughs> no, no. there's no plan on any of this conversation so far. Those are the best conversations. Um, but part one is me articulating my experiences or my husband articulating that I'm more talkative. I'm the, I know that sounds shocking, but I am definitely more of the articulator of, of all the things I talk a lot. Um, and so my kids, I mean, they know they, and they know and they hear it, but they don't hear it so much that they're like rolling their eyes. Like here she goes again, here's her daily discourse of, you know, it's not like that. I follow the spirit. I try to follow the spirit in those moments when I feel like, you know what, this is actually, this is actually really appropriate to share this right now. And it just happened two days ago, by the way, it just happened two days ago where I had an experience um, at the, at the trailhead of a hike where I ran into a stranger and we ended up walking together and to make this long story short, it was incredible because I, in talking to her, learned that she has a major 
issue with anxiety and fear. And she is just barely getting back into hiking by herself. And I, I didn't know that at first, but as we were talking, I learned that about her. And we got talking about everything. And she's a Christian woman also. And so we were talking about God and we were talking about fear and where fear comes from. And it was so cool. It was just the neatest thing. Well, full circle into the hike, because we ended up hiking together, even though we just never seen each other before in our lives. We get to the end of the hike and we're talking about our fear of rattlesnakes because, you know, we're in Arizona. That's a legit fear. And and I was telling her that, well, she, yeah, I was telling her that that's not normally my fear, but for a little bit, it really did concern me enough that I kind of stopped hiking. And she said, well, you know, I've only seen a rattlesnake once on this butte. And I'm like, oh, I don't even want to hear that. Like, ah, once too many. Yeah, there's one too many rattlesnakes I would like to have, you know, here reported to be seen on my favorite little, you know, my little hike, my little butte. Anyway, what she didn't know when she shared that with me is that... When she said the words, I saw it a couple of months ago, I, in that moment, head to toe, felt God looking after me. And here's why. And this is, of course, what she didn't know. Two months ago, exactly around that time, is when I felt so uneasy about going to this butte that I hike all the time. And I was so uncomfortable that it brought me to pray about it. I've never prayed about hiking. Like that's not, I, you know, I mean, unless I'm with a big group and we're praying for our safety and I hike this thing all the time. And I felt so uncomfortable that I asked, am I, should I be not? Should I take a break? I don't even know what this is. And again, my will trying to align my will with his, I felt like I just needed to take a break. This doesn't mean quit hiking. This doesn't mean it just meant for right now, not here, not now, just take a break. And I did, I took a break. Now I'm not, I'm not suggesting that had I disobeyed the prompting, I would have been bit by a rattlesnake, but you know what? I don't know. And I don't want to know. And I felt like I wasn't supposed to hike for a season. And now through this woman, Ruth, 60 years old, my new BFF <laughs> that I met that day, who in that moment, she was telling me that in all of her fears, when we stopped hiking, she completely forgot to be worried about her anxiety because of how much I distracted her in a, in a really good way by our conversation. So I was feeling like, oh, I'm somebody's angel today. That's so sweet because we all know that we're here for each other. But when she said that and I felt enveloped in, in Heavenly Father's love for me in that moment, she was the angel I needed that day. I've been having a hard time with stuff lately. Life is hard. I've had to make some really tough, uncomfortable decisions and business in particular. And I've had a hard time. And for her to say that about, Hey, a couple of months ago is when I saw the rattlesnake and for me to feel like, Oh my goodness, that was, that prompting was real. I, so my point in this story is I cannot keep that to myself. I actually shared it in Instagram stories sitting in the car right after it happened because I felt like I was supposed to. And then my kids who are not on Instagram, I shared it with them. I needed them to know that this, this is the way that sometimes answers come to us is through other people, through experiences like this. And so that would be an example of how I choose to bring the spirit and how we feel it, how we experience it, what it's like, what it looks like, what it feels like, and talk about it and articulate it. Because guess what happens when you articulate it? You're not only helping to plant these seeds with your children and help them to understand it more and define it for themselves. But guess what happens to my faith? My faith is strengthened. My faith increases. Well, who doesn't benefit from that? That's why we have to articulate. This is so amazing to me. I mean, this is going to change my life starting right now in this moment of the importance of that. Because the reality of that story is you very well could have ignored it and yeah. gone and nothing would have happened. But the point of that story was in meeting that woman and the awareness of, of God's awareness of you. That was the point, was the second meeting, not necessarily even the first prompting, mm -hmm. you know? So That's it just right. shows so much about like how, what's gonna be the harm in following it? Like, like mm -hmm. just follow it and have That's trust in it. Yes, oh. oh, and trust is the word, Sarah. And we have to trust that he knows what he's doing. Are we in tune enough? to hear it, to feel it, 
And if we are constantly filling our lives with noise, and we know what that means, we know what noise means, right, guys? Like noise, constant noise, whether it's audible or scrolling with our finger or constantly filling our schedule with all the things. Yes, we're busy. Yes, we're actively engaged in doing good things. Yes, we have all of these roles and responsibilities. But my goodness, are we taking the time that we need to just be still? Are we just listening? Are we asking in prayer and in the name of Jesus Christ? Are we seeking for him to share that with us? Because if we're filling our heart and our minds and our eyeballs with noise and with clutter and all the stuff, just because that's a thing that we do because it's 2018 and we're in an age of technology, that serves no one. We have to leave space to listen. Oh, the, the lost art of stillness is what it right. feels like. The lost art. And, and I'm going to pop into something that you just mentioned in your story about some really intense challenges you have faced in your business. Mm-hmm. And I hope that this is okay um, because I, I have some personal curiosity um, surrounding this decision for you. you. You have a team that helps you. I think that's important. If you don't know Becky Higgins, she has a team. This is a company. It's she's not, uh, she's doing it all, but she's not doing it all kind of thing. I've never done it all. I don't want to do it all. I don't do it all. (laughs) So she has a team and here's my question. Um, you recently had to let go a really integral part of your team. You shared it on Instagram. So I felt like, okay, I can say this. It's on Instagram here. My question is, what do you do I mean, clearly, I don't think you would have made that decision if it just made business sense. I'm sure that there was faith and prayer and all sorts of intensity going on there with that decision. But how did this happen where a decision had to be made that that is hard and and possibly hard for someone else that impacts someone else's life? Um, How did this happen? And tell me where you're at with it. Well, you know how... President Nelson said, we can't survive in these latter days if we don't know how to discern and to have the spirit with us. I think back on, this has just been a hard year in general, honestly, with the business, Um, not because bad things are happening, but because it's been hard. I mean, business goes up and down and we've had some challenges and I I don't need to go into all the challenges because that, you know, that's nobody else's burden that they need to feel, but we all feel them. You feel them. Everyone listening who has a business has felt challenges. Well, this has been a thick year of challenges. And I think back and reflect as you're talking to me, I'm like, you know, what if I didn't have the spirit guide me through this whole experience? I'd be a wreck. First of all, I wouldn't have clarity. I would just, I would second guess myself. I would doubt my decisions. I would feel insecure about what I'm doing. I would then I think, wonder, should I even be doing this? Maybe consider throwing in the towel. I'm over this. I can't do this anymore. I can't imagine, but that isn't my story. My story is that as you indicated, and that is truth, I have a lot of faith and I do pray a lot about the business and I do involve Heavenly Father in the details. And so when we were facing this decision, which is a business decision in terms of how things work, what's in-house, what needs to be outsourced, and those sorts of things. And it was a gut-wrenching experience, of course. Um, You better believe I was on my knees. I was in the temple. I fasted. I prayed. I counseled with my husband, with my partners. I counseled with another dear friend who is a CEO who had to let go, you know, people that they are close to. I, I did not take this lightly. So I don't know if this is going to answer exactly what you're asking, but I cannot separate business decisions from trying to align my will with God. So even though it was such a hard, hard decision to make, I can say even still today, when we're not through the transition, we'll call it, I am confident that it was the right thing. I feel complete peace in the decision and it doesn't make me love her any less. It doesn't diminish the value that she added. It helps me to realize and trust that Heavenly Father, who's involved in my business and making it what he needs it to be, is very much aware of what needs to come for me, for the company, and also for this employee. And I, 
the, the time that I spent praying about her specifically and her well-being and what is next for her, I will never be able to properly articulate how much peace I felt for her as a daughter of God and what is coming for her. I love her. I love my team. We are sisters here. We are family. And there are growing opportunities. And I embrace that. And I follow the, the direction that I have felt like I've received. And I don't second guess it. So you're, you're living what you preach is what you're saying. You're not going to second guess this. And it does make you think like what you just talked about earlier about how, how would I ever do this if I didn't have the knowledge I had? I don't like, know. How would I ever feel peace about this? Because peace comes from one place. Right. That is and right. I, Michelle and I have built our businesses on, on the principle that we will never be the person that says, well, business is business. Because oh, no. it's just not how it is. You know, that's not how we're going to run it. And that's not what you want this experience of letting an employee go feel like, well, business is business. And I just love the care you've taken and that God gave you that opportunity to maybe see what, how he feels about her and what he sees for her. Well, and I've been able to see how he feels about her through my prayer. And I'm not saying some, you know, shining light revelation, you know, I'm just saying the amount of love that I felt for her friend to friend, boss to employee, person to person, human to human, but also the love that I felt that he has for her. I mean, how does that not happen when you pray so deeply about a person? It's very real. And I am forever grateful for that peace that I have felt because otherwise my stomach would be in knots for months. I would not be able to sleep at night feeling so guilty and bad and, and was this the right thing? I don't, that's not, unrest is not what I feel. Unsettled is not what I feel. I feel sad that this was what needed to unfold and it had nothing to do with her on a personal level. It's just the way that we had to make decisions in order for the business to thrive because of the components of the business that needed to be handed over to specialists and, and people who focus on those areas like they do and that sort of thing. But that peace of mind is you can't, you can't even put a price tag on that. I am grateful how the spirit has guided me through something that I would say is one of the biggest challenges, not the biggest, <laughs> I've had bigger, but this is one of the biggest challenges that I have faced as an owner, as a, as a, um, as a business owner and as a human being, it's hard, really hard. And you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Just hard things and difficult challenges are exactly what he intends for us to have so that we will learn and grow. I know we all know this, but I had to say it because sometimes when we're in the thick of difficult challenges, we forget, we forget his plan. We forget that it's all for us. Every bit of it, every single bit of, of the, the challenges that come is for our progression, which leads us back to him. I love this. I mean, this, this is the point why we're here. If you don't have challenges within a business, they're in your family, they're in your school, they're in your ward, they're in your relationships somewhere. I mean, they're going to arise. And what I loved about what you said is that the peace is real. Like this is not some far-fetched clouds in the sky thing that this is like, you tangibly can feel yeah, sad, but you can also feel very at peace through some really hard stuff. And this leads into um, a question that I actually did prepare you for <laughs> because of the tender nature. <laughs> um, but I feel like it leads really beautifully into this. Um, and this, this is on a, a serious tone. This is from an anonymous follower. And she said, I'm, I'm really fun. I'm a fun person. <laughs> you are, and it deals with that because if you know Becky, and this is a follower of Becky's as okay. well, she, you are Miss Optimist, Miss Optimism. I get your Christmas card Aww. and I just grin and squeal because I feel like I'm your best friend. And you, are. <laughs> you just, that's how you feel when you're around Becky. It's like, 
yep, I'm the most meaningful person to her in the whole world. And then you realize that there are like 18,000 other people that feel that way, which is <laughs> she's gifted that way. So you are very much an optimist. You brought a lot into your um, brand that way and, and sunshine and greatness. And I think that's important. And part of why I want to ask you something so serious is I think your ability to do that is because of a serious core a serious foundation of where you stand and where that happiness comes from. And so even though this does feel kind of serious, um, I know that you're a great one to answer it because of the happiness you exude. So here's what she says. Dear Becky, I love everything you do. I love everything you stand for. One thing that stands in my way from embracing the project life world, so documenting her family, is that I am unhappy in life. I have had crushing illnesses that have taken away everything I used to love. I have never been able to have children and my marriage has turned into a bore. I'm sure due to my unsavory attitude about life in general, how can I love my life more? Mm. Well, my first feeling is compassion because I mean, it's not like this is an isolated situation, but, um, and it breaks my heart. And also at the same time, I can feel sad that I'm going to say my sister, someone I don't know, but who I'm going to say is my sister, a woman who, um, feels such feelings like that makes me sad. And also I feel so much hope for her, this person that I do not know. And I feel that hope because if, if she remembers who she is and that she is truly divinely a daughter of God, like, I know we say that a lot. I know we, we know it and we appreciate it, but like, really, if you don't really know your divine worth, I'm going to invite you to ask heavenly father to help make that clear to you because that would be like the first thing that comes to my mind is that knowledge. If we don't have that knowledge, then, then we're going to be unhappy and we're going to make everyone around us unhappy and challenges are not. And PS, there are always challenges. No matter who you are, you will face challenges. Challenge will, challenges will be there. They will slap you around and throw your face in the mud and swish it around because challenges are hard and they will happen. But knowing that you, A, are not only just a child of God, but that also we all are, right? And we're all here to help each other. And so this is where we get into the acknowledgement that I was talking about, like acknowledging the spirit. We also need to acknowledge his plan for us and acknowledge that he's actually laid these things out for us, for you for me, for her. He's laid this out knowing exactly what he needs us to feel and learn and experience. And I think that that perspective of just understanding that he has a plan and that doesn't mean that the challenges are any easier, but you know, what feels better is perspective. When you have perspective and remember that there's a plan for us, then it does it does change the way that you look at your challenges. Instead of woe is me, it's more like, well, what can I learn from this? How can I grow? It's also not our responsibility to find happiness outside of ourselves or that we are responsible to make other people happy. I, I think about her marriage. It's up to you to find your happiness. That said, I marriage, marriage is everything. If you're married, and your spouse is not your absolute priority over everything else you have going on in life, we've got we've to take a look at that. Um, yeah, you're facing challenges. Yeah, life is hard. Yes, you've got physical or health-related ailments, whatever that looks like. And of course, I don't know and understand the details of that, but I get it. I know you do. Your husband is deserving of your very best. You are deserving of your husband's very best. And it is completely our choice in how we present our very best. I, there, you know, I think about times that I've gone through phases where I didn't even really, really like look up when David would walk in the door. You know, I'm busy doing the dishes. I'm doing that. Hey, babe, I might say from the corner of the room and he's walking in and drops off his stuff and then he sits down and maybe checks his phone. And how am I honoring him with that? 
I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying that, you know, shame on all of us. If we do that, I'm just saying it took me realizing like, this the last time that I actually like properly greeted him at the door and said, I love you smooch, give him a good kiss. And then, and then keep going. You know how long that would take about five to seven, um, 16 seconds, right? Like depending on how you smooch depending yeah. on the smooch itself, <laughs> <laughs> our poor children, there's a lot of bum grabbing in our house, but I'll leave that. So, you know, I, my point is, is I, I think that it takes us acknowledging how we could maybe be a little bit more intentional about the most important human relationship we have, which if we are married is with our spouse, um, in my opinion. And, um, and I think that's, I think that's how heavenly father wants it to be as well. I think he wants everything for our families to stay unified and we should be putting our all into that. And so the example of David coming in and my, you know, my epiphany and trying to change that, that seems like such a small example, but it is sometimes it's the small stuff that matters most. And also sometimes it's only the small stuff that we can even manage or fathom trying to change because anyone of us who feels like, okay, this is the day from, from now on, I'm going to stop eating fast food. I'm going to love on my husband more than I ever have. I'm going to be the best mom I ever was. Well, okay, hold on, sister, hold on, hold on, slow down line upon line. If you try to do all the things all at once and make all the improvements all at the same time, at least for me, I set myself up for failure. Well, ugh, ew, no, right? That doesn't work. And so I, I emphasize the little things. So going back to this sweet sister who is in a heartbreaking situation, I want her to put mind over matter, but not just mind. I want her mind and her heart and her soul and her spirit to be aligned with Heavenly Father's will for her, which means earnestly praying, and perhaps she already is, but praying more specifically, not just help me out here, but what do you need? What do you need right now today? Do you need to feel more love toward your husband so that you can express that to him? Or do you need somehow a little break in the pain and the discomfort that you're feeling so that you can cope through another day? I, I Our needs are different. I'm not going to put words in anyone's mouths, but I really feel like when we are more specific with our prayers, then we're going to get more specific answers. And then she will be able to navigate her way through this trial. She's going to be so grateful that you would chime in for her and give her such great direction. And I, it, it just is such a great reminder on starting small because how you do greet your husband after a day of work makes a change. It really, really does. So I just love, I love that message. I love it. And the cool thing is, is we are approaching General Conference, right? Yes. Oh. Real soon. Everybody's on pins and needles, right? The rumors are rampant as always. Oh, I literally have no idea what rumors are. So I, I could be completely honest and saying, what? There are rumors? What? I, I don't. Well, I, I, we're not going to even tackle it. We're no. just going to let everybody I watch. I, I am there to not find out the latest juicy, wonderful, exciting, or controversial. Like I am there because Heavenly Father has something that he needs me to learn and feel, and I'm going to show up. That's what General Conference is to me. That's all I know it to be. Yep. And that, take Becky's advice, show up, be there, mm -hmm. be there and be there live. If you can be there. Priority. Make and it happen. For some reason you, you just cannot get every single talk and every single session. I'll just tell you my little trick and what I did. I literally wrote out on in my notebook that you can find at shopbeckyhiggins.com. <laughs> <laughs> the best notebooks on the planet. Okay. So anyway, I have a notebook that I keep. It's notes of the spirit. And in it is where I keep track of all of my notes that are on Sundays, or I listened to a podcast and I felt a prompting about something specific. I want to write that down. This is literally like notes of the spirit. I keep these in writings. Talk about articulating. That is a gem of an articulation of all of my, anyway. So in the front of the notebook though, um, I left a page blank. And then after conference, I went back to that page and I wrote down the, the names of the last names of every talk and every session with little boxes next to each because I'm a list maker. And I checked up all the boxes that I was able to hear live that I took notes while I was listening to them. And then bit by bit by bit, 
as I was able to listen or watch or read each of the talks um, from that point. And if I did it in a way where I was able to actually take notes, because that's an important part for me, then I could check the box. In other words, that was my way of not losing track and forgetting, wait, did I miss, was it Saturday, Saturday morning? I can't remember, wait, which part of the, you know? And so that's just my own little like way to check the boxes and make sure that I hear every message that was intended to be a part of that conference. I love that. And sometimes checking boxes is like a confidence booster for me. I'm like, okay, I'm tackling this. I'm making progress. I'm making answers. And then sometimes I'm more receptive to, hey, he will talk to me. He will speak to me because here are my efforts. And I love, I love that. Now let's pretend that you got a phone call and you get to speak. You get to speak in conference. How exciting would that be? You'd be amazing. What, what? what, what would be your message to women oh. of the church? Oh my goodness. If you could get up there and he's saying now, when you started saying that, I'm like, well, th that will never happen. <laughs> <laughs> never, ever, ever, ever. No, I well, know. Like, we've is got it documented now in case it does. So we'll see. <laughs> you know this is the sound bite. These will be the 15 seconds being on repeat play, right? Um, <laughs> no, I, um, what is the message to, that I would share with all of my sisters, all of the women of the church? as everything in me is being filled right now, um, I think and I know that more important than so many other details that we get caught up in is the recognition that we do have very specific spiritual gifts and talents that he has given us. And we have to recognize them. We should not forget to be thankful for them. We should pursue through prayer how to use those gifts and we need to recognize that our gifts are unique to one another. So we cannot compare to other women and their successes and their failures. We need to look at each other in a way that is in confidence that we're all trying to do our best. Set the judgment aside. Don't worry about that other people might be doing what you wanted to do also, because guess what? Your voice and the way that you would approach maybe that same genre of work or that same type of project or that same field, that's not the same as what she or she or she might do. We are not cookie cutter human beings. We are individual daughters of God with individual and very specific talents and it is our responsibility to cultivate those, to run with them, to stay in tune with the spirit so we know what to do with them, and all the while, cheer each other on. Wow. Make sure you put a checkbox next to Becky Higgins' podcast when you make your list for General Conference, because that, man, think of, we'd be unstoppable. Yeah. We would. We are unstoppable in many ways, but we would be unstoppable. Oh, Becky, you're the best. I'm so glad we waited for this prime time for your message. I think it's just fantastic. You're the best. Thank you, Sarah. You guys are the best. What you're doing, I know you know this. I know people listening to you know this, but what you are doing is your calling. I feel that. And it's, and it's not just you and it's not just me. We each, each of us who is earnestly seeking to align our wheel, our will with God's is we are doing what we're called to do. We need to have confidence and move forward and know that. But like, to me, I find so much joy and it's like, and knowing that I, I'm doing what I feel like he needs me to do, but that you are also, that there are so many women who are disciples of Christ, who are earnestly striving to follow the will of Heavenly Father, who are in essence fighting the fight and winning the war. And we are on the Savior's side. And the opposition has no hold on us. Not a chance. Mm -mm. Not a chance. It is so wonderful to be around like-minded women. And I, it's the cheesiest thing. I'm like so grateful to be alive in a time where the tech world has allowed this. 
It's not just, cheesy. It's I just supposed, feel alive. Right? Like you and I are supposed to be here right now. Those who are listening right now are listening for a reason and they are supposed to be here right now. And the women of the church and other women, not necessarily of our faith, but who are amazing faith-filled women who align their will with God's and who are doing amazing things in this world, they, in history, were supposed to be in place when they were supposed to be in place. There's no doubt in my mind that this is all his plan. And that perspective can change everything for us. I love it. I love the energy it brings. I love fighting the fight. Mm -hmm. I love the visualization of so many women doing it. And our listeners are those women, your team and your family, you are part of that. And it's, ah, it's so unifying and so awesome. And I just know what you said is so true that the adversary is stopped, mm -hmm. has no hold on this. So thank you so much for sharing your time. You are the best of the best. And I know that our listeners are going to be so blessed to be with you. So if you did not know Becky or you need to reconnect with her, um, the best way is through Instagram. You can find her in a lot of different areas, but find her on Instagram so you can be with her every day. She's at Becky Higgins LLC. We'll put it in the show notes as well, but your, your life is only going to get better when you're connected with her. So thanks so much for listening. And thanks again, Becky, for being with us. Thank you, Sarah. Hey, thanks for listening to the Women With Fire podcast. Your support means a lot to us. In fact, your support is what makes this podcast possible. If you want to connect more with the guests we've had on our podcast and connect more with Sarah and Michelle, the creators of the Women With Fire podcast, find us on Instagram at The Women With Fire or find us in our Facebook group. Simply search Women With Fire and join the group. We'll see you there.